morning, everyone. So yesterday we learned it's not a good idea to be an arrogant, to have arrogance. It's not a good quality to be. Uh, the, um, so um, and we we said that it's, well, you wouldn't have known that necessarily that that's what would cause adultery. I'm not sure that that causes adultery or that would have prevented the adultery. In other words, the, the idea that a person thinks that they are, you know, the, the you know that they're what counts. So then, therefore. Somebody else's personal things and their wife or what they're, what's going to happen to them, that doesn't matter to them. Okay, so we are, we're going to go back to the two dots on Hayamid Bay's 5B. And uh, we're going to get a little Yavamas review here today. So the idea is, uh, with Yibam, that a person uh, died without children, and he has a brother. And uh, when a person has a child, he leaves an imprint still in the world. He has a shoe still in the world. Well, usually a person is in the world and then they go to the other world. But in this world, they don't leave over, they don't have an imprint. Uh, so uh, there's an idea that if they didn't have a child, and there's an idea that the brother can, uh, the live brother can marry the deceased brother's wife and be a surrogate to have a child, uh, should he choose. And if he doesn't, he t- the, the widow takes off his shoe because he doesn't want to give his brother a shoe. He doesn't want to give his brother, doesn't want to, he doesn't want to step into his brother's uh, feet, step into his brother's shoes. Now, it's a lot to, mer- to take your brother's wife. You know, that's a pretty big surrogate, like to step into the brother's marriage and to be a father instead of the brother. And like the, the Torah is really asking a lot of a person uh, to do Yibam. But that's, that's the concept. But... If the person doesn't want, then they do chalitza. So over here, the brother had a wife, and uh, the marriage was not working out. Um, that's to say it lightly. She was uh, fooling around. Uh, we don't know how far she went, but uh, this marriage, uh, she had been warned not to, and she ignored the warning. She had, there were witnesses that she was a warning, and then she went into seclusion uh, with somebody else. And now she's forbidden to her husband. Uh, she has the option of going to take a sosa drink or getting divorced. Those are her two options. A husband, meanwhile, drops dead. So now we want to know, what should the brother do? Should he, does he have a mitzvah of yibum, or does he have a mitzvah of chalitza, or does he have no mitzvah? Those are the three options. Uh, the whole idea is that his brother was in the process of probably uh, if this wife was guilty, the brother would have been rid of this wife, especially she would have either blown up as a sotho or gotten divorced. So why would he step into his brother's shoe to give his brother a place in this world? The brother was finished with this wife. Or he wasn't really finished yet because they hadn't formally gotten divorced. So that's really the, the question here. How do we look at Yibam? Yibam is when there was a good wife and they were soulmates and uh, they, they want to, through this wife, between him and the wife, to give the, keep the brother alive. This wife had no interest in keeping him, uh, had no interest in him, was totally not loyal to the marriage. And so that is the question, what's the scenario and how do we know it? Yeah. Uh, so the husband died. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the teacher. Is there a problem here? The, that the uh, you know on deck uh, should carry forward with the uh, with the sota making her drink. 
that's a good question. If he's wearing his brother's shoes, so maybe he should take her for a drink. Meaning, even, <laughs> even before he does right. anything, you know, because he's Zakuf, he's, uh, he's, he's got that connection once the, once the Baal dies. Yeah, You're giving Zika a really powerful thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I think it's supposed to be Bain Ishla Ishta. But he's the surrogate. Not, so he's, he's putting his brother's it's, it's, shoes on. It's his Zika. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. I, I'm right. not saying yet, I'm just wondering because we, we learned about it. <laughs> you know, it can be pretty significant. Does she have the right to refuse to drink and say, I'd rather get divorced? Yes. Yeah. But she won't get the payout. Right, she won't get a tzuma. She won't get a tzuma, right. That's right. Because suppose she drinks and she doesn't blow up. Right, right, right. She's a gluma. Right. She might be. So maybe there is a mitzvah. Is the Zika not post, post, the beginning of something? So the whole social process is just really either the life or the part. Mm-hmm. As you said, it's almost like why do we have to? Why was? Why should we employ a zika mechanism? In other words, because the whole purpose and in initially at the onset was to make shalom. Right. Well, I guess the purpose of making shalom was to have children and leave over somebody in the world. But and uh, now the question is, the brother is going to be uh, filling in his brother's shoes, assuming the wife is worthy of it. Or the wife is still a partner to the brother, but we don't know if she was a partner to the brother. Mm-hmm. But, but, but we saw that the zikik is not really. necessarily a matter but, of choice. But the whole purpose of erasing God's name is to make shalom. Right, right. So, no, the marriage isn't finished yet. It's on the rocks, but that doesn't mean that it's over. Right, right, right. Right, and we're dealing with the unknown. Okay, anyway, so that's the question here in the Gemara. So, so our Mishnah said, what do we do? The best solution is to take off the shoe. Let her go, but do the chalitza ceremony. Amai, tisyavim, nami yavumi. Go all the way. The Torah always wants the person to put on his brother's, uh, take over his brother's marriage and, and do the great mitzvah of Yibam. Omer of Yosef, Omer Kra, he says the Pasuk teaches us. This Pasuk talks about where she marries someone else. It implies that this marriage that's on the rocks it's gone, uh, and uh, she, uh, they, if they decide, she would marry someone else. But it, it's, it's extra, and it implies someone else, but not his brother. Meaning that the, the, it, there's an implication here that if they decide, if she doesn't stay married to him, it's got to be someone else, but it's never going to be the brother. So it's like a, an exclusion that we don't do Yibam here. If that's really true, that you have such an exclusion. It's all or nothing. He says, but had she still been married to the husband, even if the marriage is on the rock, they're married until they have a divorce. Milo boy get. Wouldn't they need a divorce? So it's not a question why it needs chalitza. They were married. Uh, it's much as somebody undoes a marriage until they undo the marriage, they're married. Some people quote this discussion that's a little bit different. The Torah says she leaves and she marries someone else. Why, why should she marry someone else? Usually when a person is married, we say, work out your marriage. And the answer is that her marriage was destroyed because she was uh, committing adultery and doing stuff. It's time for him to kick her out of the house because if she's already having affairs, the low list or we don't want her to destroy the house. 
And you say we should build that house? Why would you want to build a broken house? In other words, being married to a woman that's not loyal to the spouse is broken. And so you wouldn't want to fill those shoes. Well, if we've really decided that this woman is bad news, why don't we let her marry someone else? To Lalistra Besa. Why should we let her destroy his house? This woman is bad news. Uh, he says, well, we don't force this, uh, the new man to marry her. That's not the question. And in other words, he, he obviously knows the history, and he can decide that for him this doesn't apply, and he can decide that she's not guilty. Let's see Rashi. Top Rashi on today's page. If no one's forcing him. I mean, it's, it's one thing if somebody's married and you say, maybe it's time this house is destroyed, or, or we want you to start this marriage. Nobody forced this new husband to marry her. But to this guy, the brother-in-law, and again, his wife might not be happy that Torah is asking him to take another wife. You know, the Torah is asking him to be a surrogate and take his brother's wife. Maybe his wife isn't so thrilled about that. You know, she was very happy. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> hey, Rashi, but the, this language of we're not forcing him, well, Zika would be forcing him. Uh, we're not forcing the boyfriend. Yeah, we're not uh, forcing uh, the husband number two. The yavam, but to the yavam, I mean, like mitzvah yibam, kodemus the mitzvah skalitza. We're saying, oh, you be a tzaddik, give her yibam. Um, but this one, um, it's forbidden to say to do that over here because, uh, because of she had the stira. There's no mitzvah yibum that he's not supposed to marry this woman. It's like his brother's wife. So back to the Gemara. Ikadi Yamri is always confusing because you have to change your point of reference. <laughs> some people say it like this. So you, you, you finally figure out what the Gemara is saying, and that, well, some people say it a little different. So it's a, or from a different angle. Ikadi Yamri, some people say, the, the, uh, the new boyfriend is called Acher. And that's a funny word. Um, it should, um, the, he's called different. In other words, it, it doesn't just say she'll marry someone, it doesn't have to use the word Acher. Somebody else. Why does it use that word else? Somebody different. She'ain ben zugo shorishon. He's different than husband number one. She'ezu hotzi rishon mibeso. The husband number one decided he doesn't want to have a wife that's going to be secluding with other men. Vizu hiktis rishilaso beso. And this one decides he's marrying a woman. Uh, you know, he, her, her, on her resume, her marriage resume says that she got kicked out of that. Well, she has this problem. She likes to flirt with other men. But okay, you want to marry her, that's fine. And you want to say that uh, he should do Yibam. So, if, if the marriage number two, if she marries guy number two, and he also dies, Lotis Yabim. You shouldn't do yibma because the Torah, uh, Torah said he's different. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the answer. So what, basically, if we're saying this woman is bad news and you shouldn't start a house with her, so then there should never be the possibility of yibam, even with husband number two. And as far as we know, if she marries husband number two uh, and he dies without children, uh, there is a mitzvah of yibam. So the Gemara says, HaKasuv Kara Achilabay even though the Torah calls him different, the Hamiyu B'Shem Tov Habikaima. Could be for husband number two, it's a good wife. Which is a really interesting lesson. Like, I mean, it could be she committed adultery with husband uh, number one, 
And husband number two, she could do tshuva, she could be different. Who says that? Therefore, there could be a mitzvah. Um, uh, it's interesting, it uses the word b'shem tov. Let's look at that, Rashi. B'shem tov, maybe that was uh, when she was young. She liked to flirt, but now she's turned over a new leaf. And maybe the second husband, is, it's not that he encourages them, but he's, she's loyal to him. Al nas mitok amanus o gerishin, al misha kilkotaktov, on someone who had uh, who'd done that. Okay. Rava, he says a different thing. Rava says a different answer to our question, which was, why can't you do yibam? He said, kavuchomer. He said, it's logical. Uh, that she was the wife of husband number one, and she became forbidden to him, and she had been permitted to him. So if she becomes forbidden to the husband she's permitted, she was never permitted to her husband's brother until now. So why should she be permitted now? Abaya said, all right, let's take that logic to the next conclusion. Let's say Kaingado gets engaged to a widow. Now, he's not allowed to marry a widow. A kohen gadol can only marry a virgin. And uh, the kohen gadol died without children because he never married her. And he's got a, a, a regular brother who's a regular kohen. And a kohen has a mitzvah to marry his brother's wife. Now, we should say, there should be no mitzvah of Why? Because uh, if she was forbidden to husband number one, so husband number two, the husband's brother, who she was always forbidden to the husband's brother, lo koshikane. Certainly she should be forbidden to him. And, so, and we know that there is a mitzvah of yibam uh, in that case. So basically, if the, if, there was a, if, the, if the husband that died, the brother that died, wasn't able to be fully married to his wife, we should say there's never a mitzvah of yibam. And in this case, he, they're, they're, the husband was forbidden to her because he got elected Kain Gadol. Kain Gadol can't marry her, but the, uh, his brother, after he dies, could build that house. And so we shouldn't allow that because if we're trying to say that if the wife was forbidden to husband number one, there'll never be a mitzvah for, brother, for his brother to marry her. Umar says that's not a good question because Haya Sur of she was never permitted to, to the, uh, the brother because uh, she was a widow. A it's permitted and forbidden. That's not really a good case. So Gemara says, well, we could find a case to ask a question from. Let's try this case. A wife of a coin that was raped. And uh, the rule is that she's forbidden to her husband. And then the husband has a heart attack after that. Uh, and he dies, but he has a brother. But uh, the brother is not a full-fledged coin. The brother is a cholo. He's got some complicated cases. So... In this case, there's no reason that he uh, shouldn't be able to marry his brother's widow. Now, you might say, well, she's not Kohen eligible because she had relations with a man during her marriage, uh, but he's not a Kohen. But if you want to say that any time a woman is forbidden to her husband, there'll never be a mitzvah yibam to the brother who she has no reason not to be forbidden to, so then there shouldn't be a mitzvah of yibam. So, if she was forbidden to her husband who she'd been originally permitted, so to her husband's brother, she should stay forbidden. So, Morris says, this isn't a good case either, because there's really nothing wrong with a, a woman is not really forbidden if she's, uh, um, if she's raped and she wasn't willing. Onus be Yisrael, Mishra Shari. 
to husband number two, she's totally okay. Vagabe dahai lefka isura. So uh, our question was this. Is there ever a scenario where she became forbidden to her husband and then the husband died before he had a chance to divorce her and that particular problem that she had with her husband isn't with her husband's brother? And so our question is, can the husband's brother step into the shoes? And that's really our question here. There had been a problem with the husband. She, fl- she, she secluded herself with somebody. But now the husband's brother's in the picture. So does that, would that automatically eliminate him from building the house or not? And so that's really our question. Okay, let's see the mission. It doesn't fully resolve. We're, we're looking for the reason how we know it. How do we know that you don't build such a house? Well, we tried to prove it with logic, and we said there are too many cases that the logic won't, won't stand. Uh, and so uh, uh, we, if you say from a Pasuk, then that's a pretty strong thing. Okay, let's see the Mishnah. The following wives of Kohanim have to stop eating Truma. Number one, if the wife tells the husband, I committed adultery. So then as long as she was the wife of a Kohen, so uh, she can eat truma. She's, she carries the full kedusha <laughs> of the kahuna. But once there's something, once she committed adultery, even though he didn't divorce her yet, uh, she can't eat truma. What happens if witnesses said she did it? Also, she has to stop eating uh, truma. Uh, what happens if she says, I ain't drinking? I'm not, I don't want to risk blowing up. So that's too fishy. We're not going to let her eat truma. What happens if the husband says, I don't really feel like uh, taking the wife up to the, to, for the drink? We'll see more about this case as we get into Sota. What happens if they have a romantic fling on the way to drink the Sota water? <laughs> In other words, the, the Gemara is going to... Uh, um, I, I would say what you're going to see from our Gemara, and if you don't know it, is that um, people do strange things. And one of the strangest powers is the, uh, the, uh, this, the person gets attracted to a woman. Uh, uh, and it's one of those things that happens, and it's not always predictable who would get attracted to who and what they do with that attraction and why they would do it. It's, it's a very strange, it's really a miracle. It's something Hashem put in the world so that people produce. And the rabbis wanted to get rid of it. They, you know, they thought, let's, let's, uh, too, too many sins are going on because of this attraction. But if you didn't have it, then people wouldn't necessarily want to get married or would not necessarily have kids. So uh, uh, the rule is that if the husband is sincere about this problem with the wife, he could take her to drink. But if he has relations with her after she supposedly cheated on him, then the waters won't work. That's Baha'u'llah Badera. Uh, but it's, it's almost funny, though. He's taking her to potentially get killed because she committed adultery, and then he has relations with her on the way. The whole idea was that he wanted to see if he could go back and be permitted to marry her, to stay married, and uh, he then uh, had relations with her. Okay, we'll see more about that case. Omar Reb this is a famous expression. Uh, I saw a teaching from Mershashis, and I brought a proof to it. And, uh, he, uh, that's, uh, sometimes you see something, something that's true. I brought a proof to Ramosha from the Godfather movie, which I bet he didn't appreciate that. But uh, there are better ways to do it, at least the... Uh, but uh, Rav Amram said, I, um, 
he said that uh, Rav Shesha said something that and I brought a proof to it. I enlightened us from the Mishnah. He said the following. So that's a, that's a terrific phrase because it, it, it says, and, and, I, and, and I enlightened our eyes and Rav Shesha was blind. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. That's yeah. very good. I wonder if that's why I use that. I enlightened our eyes. Yeah, I, I would have thought a blind person wouldn't use... I gave light to our eyes. That, that's... Uh, I mean, the truth only is, he could say that. Only he could say that, right? Right, right. But that, uh, thank you for noticing that. So uh, the Mishnah says the following. Let's say uh, there is a Sota that uh, she secluded herself, and uh, we have reason to believe that there are people who know what went on, but they're not here. They traveled overseas. So can he take her to drink or not? The whole idea of drinking is that we're not sure, but there's somebody who knows what's going on over here. You just, they're not here. You know? So maybe they wanted to get away. They didn't want to get involved, right? So they traveled overseas. So ain't a mind boat canoso. The Soto won't work. The whole idea of Sota is we have no way of figuring out what happened behind closed doors. Well, there is a way. We just, uh, you just got to find those witnesses. But they're far off. But then it won't work. My time, how do we know that the Torah says, that she was secluded with him, and there's no way to know. He said that's the halacha. If there, we know for, I don't know how you knew, maybe there were witnesses, and you planned on bringing them to Beisden to give the divorce, and they packed out. They happened to have traveled far overseas. So he can't, now he has no option of taking her to, to have Sota, because Sota is when we don't know, somebody knows. So I brought light to my eyes from the Mishnah, the Tani Shabolo Enim Shitmea. It says that witnesses came that she's Tami, also Enim Amosai. When do these witnesses come? If they come before she drinks, so Zonahi, that means she's a, uh, she's a woman who had uh, committed adultery and, and we don't give her to drink. The whole idea was we think she might be innocent. It must be the witnesses came after she had the drink. Now, wait a second. If she was guilty, and then the witnesses said that she was guilty, would she have blown up? In other words, we believe 100% that if the woman committed adultery on the husband and she takes soda water, she's going to blow up. But how could there be a case that witnesses came after she drank that she, um, that she committed adultery and she's... She drank already. No, I'm saying that's what the, the witnesses have to see the actual adultery or see that she went into the closed room? Uh, whatever it is. We'll, we'll see later exactly how to define it. But, be, but it's enough that Basin would assume that she committed adultery. Right. It's enough that they testify that she committed adultery. So if that's true, how could they come after she drank? If she drank, she would have blown up. Ain't it mine, Bokros? So if you say that the waters don't work when there's witnesses... In other words, this system works only if the rules are followed. If you take a soda to drink and she's not eligible, of course she's not going to blow up. Even if she's guilty. The blowing up happens instantaneously or you get to go <laughs> Very home. good. We'll get there. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's the other question. Is some women blow up quicker than others. Right. So, but, uh, <laughs> that's right. So, uh, but, uh, so the waters won't work. So if you say that a woman who there's witnesses on, Sota doesn't work, guilty or unguilty. The whole Sota process is only when there's no witnesses. El Yamas, my boat can know so. If you say the water works and the witnesses show up, 
So say the Tigle Muslim afraid is Sari Shekinu. Let her prove if she's still alive that these witnesses are liars. What do you mean she had an affair? She's alive. The Torah is true. She drank. She's fine. Really, the water works. There's an opinion that says that she doesn't blow up right away. When is that? Sometimes, if she has uh, some good deeds, she won't blow up. There's the idea that good deeds give you extended life. Sometimes you get extra credit. That's why people, if they ever, nobody should ever have the people, they, they get a, like a, a bad uh, 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 doctor tells them they, might, they, have, they have cancer, they, have, they try to do good deeds because they want an extension. They want to buy time, right? You get, you get more time in the world if you have good deeds. So even the sota that committed adultery, if she was, had certain merits, she, the, the, she won't blow up right away. So the answer is, there's a debate though, even if she doesn't blow up right away, whether she gets ugly, whether, whether she gets... Uh, what, what are the options here? Th- there's this opinion that if the woman has certain... It's one thing if the woman is a total... You know, all she does is commit adultery and she has no merits. Of course, she's, you know, uh, so she's going to blow up. But if she has merits, what happens? Is it just that she doesn't blow up right away? Or does, uh, does she immediately start heading that direction? The Rebbe, the Tanan, Rebbe Omar Tololo, but my Hamarim. He says if she has a merit, the, the bitter waters, she doesn't immediately blow up. But she won't give birth, and she'll never get better. She, she gets, it starts getting ugly. She starts getting worse. Basically, she gets, uh, she gets a sickness, and it's very clear on her face that she's sick from the drinking, but she doesn't have to die instantly. She, she dies eventually. The question might be whether you hold that this is what happens. Everybody agrees that uh, there, the sota gets punished, she blows up. And everybody agrees maybe that in certain women there's the delay. The question is, if they get the delay, do they also get like a, an in-between sickness? How does the Osso translate misnadana? Like, uh, I was saying that she's... Um, like yeah, there's a rash to come on. Uh, what? A delay. A delay. Waste, waste away. Waste away. Yeah, waste away. Right, right, right. She start, She blows up slowly, whatever that is. Rishesh is suburb. The rabbi have misnabbed. The rabban and lo have. Maybe there isn't this in between stage. So again, there's the idea that if a woman committed adultery and she drinks the soda water and now, by the way, this woman had the opportunity to say, I made a mistake, and, and uh, I can't stay married to a husband and move on. But instead, she it says that uh, it's not true, she's innocent, and she causes Hashem's name to be erased. Like, that's a big chutzpah, really, like to uh, think she can fool Hashem. And so she's going to blow up. And the only question is, does it... it that's it, also it, arrogant. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's sticking to her guns. You know, right, like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the, it's also like, like with the Gemara from yesterday. Yeah. Probably not. Or either that, or she can't take the shame. She wants to. There are people that you know. That's right. She's got a number of things going on. That's right. Yeah. Mesi Rav Simi first last first wide line. Mesi Rav Simi Barashi Rav Shimon Omer in Skus He says no such thing. Because if you're going to say such a concept 
that not everybody blows up right away. Now, keep in mind that some people, they can't keep their pants on. In this area of life, they have a problem. But other areas of life, they can be a tzaddik or a tzaddikist. They just have this lack of control in this area. So, I mean, again, there's, everybody's not black and white. They some, you know, they could have... So, does that, so the question is, does she have to... Um, does, does her life have to end or does she get a skus? But he says, if you're going to say that they get a reprieve, so nobody's ever going to believe the Soto waters. Every woman that drinks and didn't blow up, they're going to say, she's not innocent. She just has a merit. That's why she didn't blow up right away. All those women said, see, I proved I'm innocent. They're going to say, you didn't prove anything. You're going to blow up eventually. You just had a few merits. <coughs> and if you want to say that Yeshua ate in Dinasayom, that any time there's witnesses somewhere, even at the other end of the world, anytime somebody drinks and they didn't blow up, so the skeptics will say, I'm sure she was guilty. Why didn't she blow up? Because there were witnesses and the soda waters didn't work. So you, you can't, you, basically we're trying to say you can't have excuses for soda waters not working because then you're going to defeat the purpose. People are going to say, really, no, we're, we say all along, she's bad news. Uh, why didn't she blow up? She say, oh, she wasn't a good Sota candidate. They, they had the, the witnesses go across the seas. The Shimon comes to the Morris says, you were asking like Rav Shimon, uh, according to Rav Shimon, there will be no delays. Uh, he says, he doesn't care what the excuse is. You drink the water, you blow. You blow up. Like it's not like there's, uh, the question is, if somebody didn't follow the procedures to be totally eligible for Sota, and somehow she got the drink, and she was guilty, would she still blow up or not? Or is it only if all the procedures were followed? We're saying like Rav Shimon, he says, uh, he says that uh, you drink the waters, you, you get the, uh, you blow up. They said, Rav, Rav has a question from the following. Ancient would say this, Let me turn the page. The Sota brings a, a flower offering. And the offering is uh, uh, sort of like an atonement. Even if she didn't commit adultery, she might have done all, all sorts of other things. Uh, she definitely did something not appropriate, right? She, she had yichud. She was alone with a, a man. And so all we're saying is they didn't go all the way. But who said that she's uh, Mother Teresa? Or I'm not a good Who said she was a... Uh, who said she was... Uh, I don't know what kind of mood I'm in. Before Pesach, I, I don't know. Too much... Uh, I'm too busy these days. But So she, uh, so she said... Uh, so she says, uh, in the case... So what do you do with her offering? In other words, the offering is a holy thing that she's bringing in good faith to Hashem. But if you know she's guilty then there's no purpose in the offering. So what happens to that offering? So what happens is, uh, they, uh, they, she brings the offering, and she's in the Beis HaMikdush. Now, there's a concept that people changed in the Beis HaMikdush. There's a concept that just going there could change you for life. We, we, the, the famous Gemara that uh, when the, uh, the Romans uh, conquered the Beis HaMikdush, they were afraid to go into the Holy of Holies. Uh, because people die, they go with it. You know, they, they were spooked. So there was one Jew who said, uh, I'll go in there. Uh, let me keep what I take. So, uh, so he went in, and he bring, brings back the gold menorah. He says, oh, look, you know, this, this was, this was uh, not the Holy of Holy, but he went into the Beis of English. 
And they said, no, 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 we'll, we'll keep that. Uh, that's, uh, you, go, you can get the next thing. And he refused to go back in. So the question was, why did he refuse? So people say that just the fact that he went in and experienced the holiness, he's not the same person. And by the way, that's why we, in, in the birthright, why do all these secular people believe you send somebody to Israel, something's going to happen? So they don't know why, to be honest. They have the, but we know why, because when you go to a holy place, you change. And uh, maybe it'll make a difference in their life, just being in Israel. Now, that'd be great if everybody went to Israel, you know, then all Israelis would be Sadiqim, right? But, uh, but we, we, we believe that being in a Kaddish place can change you. So uh, the, uh, maybe she comes to the base of Megdush, and she's thinking, you know what? Maybe this isn't a good idea for me to erase Hashem's name. You know, maybe I don't want to do this. I know I, I'm guilty. So, uh, so she says to the husband, she says, I, I did it. Let's, let's forget this. So what do you do with the offering? In other words, if she admits, they're in the base of it, and they tried to get her to admit. We'll see, there was a lot of psychology they used, and they, they put her to work. Uh, they did a lot of things to not have to erase the... So she says, Tame, honey, I'm Tame. Right? I, I, I did it. Mishabola Adam she Tame. Or witnesses come. So we said that then we have to throw away the offering. It can't be brought. So when did those witnesses come? If it's before they brought the, they put the flour in the in the in the holy dish, and it's not holy. You can just put it back. Allah It must be when you put the flour into the klishores that makes it holy. So So if you say that the water works, alma alma so then the vessel worked, umakrivu, and that's why you could bring it. Viki kadosh mekara shaper kadosh. And when it was put in the vessel, it was put in correctly. That's why her offering could be brought. But if you want to say that anytime there's witnesses somewhere, they are not a candidate for sota. And if nobody knew about those witnesses and she brought an offering, really it's not an offering. Ain't a mind boat can so. The waters won't work. Tigli Mosul Mafreya. Retroactively, when those witnesses show up, we are going to say, you're not a Sota candidate. The Kikadish Mekarabatos Kadish. When you put the flower in that vessel, that was a mistake. But taping with Hulin. It should go out to Hulin. This, even Rabbi Feldman didn't believe. He just said it to me. <laughs> Listen, hold your horses here, gentlemen. So our question is the following. Uh, if the woman is not a Sota candidate, how can her offering be brought? So where would there be a scenario where she would still be a Sota candidate? So Gomorrah said, no problem. Maybe uh, she committed <coughs> adultery on the way to the base of Mikdash to take the drink. He says, She sinned in the Azara. And so that's how her, um, so that's how her offering works. The key kaddish mekar shaper kaddish. So it's true when she sinned the first time, went in front of witnesses. So that's not a sota candidate. But when she sinned the second time in the temple, then um, uh, that made her a sota candidate. So masi mesharsha lo pirke kahuna malvanosa. Wait a second here. There, she was escorted by the kohanim. So Gemara said, "Well, guess who you think she uh, did hanky panky with?" Maybe she did it with the, the, the Pirkei Kahuna were there to take her for the Sota drink, and maybe that's what happened. Um, 
the Gemara is going to say later on that they had the older Kohanim handle these Sota women too, because they, uh, uh, we'll see, sometimes they became disheveled and it was better, their clothing started to fall off and it was better not to have young Kohanim there. Ravashi Amr Kigotsu, this is the cave of. Ravashi says, simple, she had to go to the bathroom. Dr. Pirkekuna Bekipa, do you think they were watching her the whole time? I mean, did, did they have, a, did they put a, put a hat on her? Like, did they have her, like, uh, so basically, the answer number one, our question is, if a woman who is, uh, whose original SOTA episode happened with witnesses, really is not SOTA eligible, so how can her offering be uh, considered an offering? Retroactively, she wasn't SOTA eligible. And if she's not SOTA eligible, then the offering should not really be holy. It's, it's, so our answer is maybe she became SOTA eligible from a subsequent lapse. Maybe the first time, uh, we don't know what happened there, but the second time she became SOTA eligible with what happened with the Pirkei Kahuna, or she went to the bathroom. Repapa says a different answer. This is kind of forced to assume something could happen in the base of Igdush, you know. Repapa says, really like we said before, that when she's not a SOTA candidate, her offering <coughs> is not really SOTA eligible. But a commerce tapic I, we said, then just, you know, put the flower back. So the Gemara says, It's the rabbinic decree. We don't like taking something that's already been put in a holy vessel and then, oh, go take it home. It, it's a rabbinic thing. Really, she's not a SOTA candidate, and if we find that out, her offering is not a SOTA offering. Ah, why can't we just take it home? Because uh, retroactively, it's not sanctified. The answer is, there's a rabbinic decree. Once you put something in a vessel... We don't want people taking stuff home. We don't want them unhectishing it. We don't want them thinking once it's sanctified, uh, no harm done. There's a question. If the mincha becomes tameh, it's like any other mincha, it could be redeemed. Meaning that there's a, if something happens to a particular flower, you could still redeem it. Let's say you find a dead creepy in the flower. right? So it's, you use a different batch. But once it's in the vessel, how you call it then it's taken out to burn. Kadesh HaKomet, let's say you took the Kohen took the handful, that's the Komet, well, he spit the Karvo, and they didn't yet get a chance to bring the Mincha until the owner died, uh, the man died or the wife died, how you call it it's taken out to burn. Korv HaKomet, let's say they actually brought, the, the way it works is you bring the handful, the Kmitza, and then the flower offering um, uh, could be eaten by the Kohanim, but over here they brought the Kovat, so his But what happened if she died or he died? We're getting into these questions of what happens to offerings when something happens in the middle. When something happens in the middle, that means that the offering can't fully continue. Are they burnt? Are they thrown out? When's the point of no return? The Tokosh, and over here it can be eaten because this is a little bit different. Because the whole offering is because maybe she did something. She brought the offering so it could be eaten. Bolo And if witnesses came that she's tame, it's burnt. What happens if the witnesses that said that she did it were liars? So Then her mincha is not holy. So the Gemara said, so we see there is such a thing as uh, retroactively taking the holiness off the flower offering. 
the Lamar said, in that case, if there were false witnesses, everybody loves the drama of false witnesses. Everybody would hear about it. You know, all the news channels are, want to talk about the drama with the former president, right? I, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to it, but that's, it's, it's like people like drama. They like, we're, what we're trying to say is, even though you have a rabbinic rule that once something is in a holy vessel, you can't just take it home, uh, but in the case where the witnesses were false, everybody's going to know the scoop. So they're not going to question why it was taken home because everybody heard the story. The guy, the husband, hired these false witnesses to frame her, and they were liars, and did you hear? So that's a call. Okay, we will stop here. Tanya Kavasa, the Rav Sheshis.